Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grun. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, by examining the Word of God and especially the example of the Book of Acts Church to see how the early church served the Lord. By delving deeper into Scripture, we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you can write us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support us, there are ways to do so. Go to the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Remember, we can always be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Podbean, and SoundCloud. And welcome. Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grund. As we said in the opening, this is where we get back to basics. If you're looking for the red red letter basics, not somebody who can speak them, but if you're looking for the red letter basics, you're in the right place. You can always be found here on Spreaker Live and also on all the other platforms as well. Download, share them. We hope that they bless you. Firefall Network on YouTube. It's building a lot more videos. If you want to know when we post something new, Click the sub- subscribe button and the like button to the videos that you watch. New videos going up this week. We're doing a new series f- called From the Barrett Store. Well, Larry Barrett shares some short insights and things with you. This is fulfilling the vision for Firefall Network, expanding and bringing other content. Also, Porchlight Testimony Time videos are up there. Shooting a new one tomorrow. I'm really excited. I think you'll like it. And uh, it should be up this weekend. So make sure you subscribe and know when they're up there. We start out with praise reports and prayer requests. If you don't want to be a part of that, you just want the Bible study, go to the sound of the second shofar. If you want to be a part of the community, beside listening and joining us in prayer and praise, send it in. Let people know what the Lord's doing in your life. Let people know what's going on and what your needs are, and we'll share them. I always start out, I believe that any preacher or teacher should lead by example. Oh boy, what a concept that would be. Um, I praise the Lord for my home, of course, and in that home I have my lovely wife and two furry kids, and we have two sons, two daughter-in-laws, and a blessing of a grandson. See, without my salvation, I don't have those things. Without the Lord, I don't have those things. I don't have this home. I don't have all this technology. I don't have the porch, and I'm not connected to you. So I praise him for that. I praise him for loving us so much that he set me free, gave me back the things I 
threw away, for his provision, for the dreams and the visions that are available to each and every one of us. In accordance with Joel 2.28, on the day of Pentecost, this connection between the throne room and us began. I praise him for his healing virtues, divine health and healing. We talk about that a lot, getting back to our divine design. I praise him for his abiding favor. You may not always feel it, but it's always there. Praise him for continuing revelation by the Holy Spirit, especially during these times, for being a new creation and being a part of our Father's business. Let's pray. Psalm 122, verse 6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. I always start there first. Jerusalem is the apple of his eye. Israel is his nation. That has not changed. He has not forgotten them nor disconnected from them. We are grafted into their vine. So I pray for them. I pray for their leadership. I understand things are not going well there, but our media is not telling us about it. So I pray for them. I pray for them to get back in alignment with God's will. pray the same thing for America. I don't talk politics on here. I used to do it on Reflections in the Dark. I don't do it here. I don't believe that that's what this is about. The Lord wouldn't do it. But I pray. I pray for America. I pray for God's grace I pray for him to do what needs to be done to get us back on track. I hope you do too. Praying for all the people around the world being victimized by their leaders. We know, according to the word and prophecy and eschatology, it's going to get bad. And it is. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, the innocents, and those who are victims of injustice. We are not going to see justice until the Lord returns. But we can pray that man would do what is right in accordance with both God's law and our laws. Pray against the slaughter of the innocents and those that have been victimized by it. I don't want to go into it, but the fact is, (coughs) excuse me, the fact is that abortion hurts both the baby in the womb and the mother. So I pray against that. I pray for the missing and exploited children, those that have been victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking, all the ugliness in the world that just doesn't seem to end. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. <coughs> Excuse me, I inhaled something in. Hopefully it wasn't living. Um, well, protein. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. If you talked about open doors, can't wait to get my bracelet. That reminds me to pray for them. I sent the link to Larry. If you'd like me to post that on one of our social media sites, I will do that. Praying against the plans and the efforts of the spirit of the Antichrist. He's a part of of the persecution of the church. He's behind the persecution of those that believe in Yeshua, those that are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a part of that. We need to pray against that. We need to stand against that. We need to do what we were called to do, to tarry and occupy and be an occupying army. Praying each and every one of you 
regain your divine wholeness, your health, and your healing. That you can do whatever it is you're called to do to live a life free of pain, free of disease, free of sickness. Oh, I know we live in a fallen world. We don't have our perfected bodies. These things are going to happen. But the majority of our life should be walking in accordance with his word and his design. And we have to take care of that. We have to eat right, exercise, take whatever supplements are necessary for your body. But if we would just do what he told us to do, live the way he told us to live, we would always be available to be used by him. So if you're injured, you're sick, or you have some need right now in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, I extend my hand towards you, and I pray that the healing virtues of the Lord would come upon you, that you would feel his presence, that by his word, by his stripes, you are healed. Walk in that healing. Believe in that healing. Speak to things, not as they are, but as they should be. Don't curse yourself. Don't speak negativity. Or to Make sure that what you feed into you is what you want. Praying for divine protection and inspiration for the remnant. That's who you are. I don't believe you're the part of the traditional church. That's not who wants to hear what I have to say. You're the remnant. You're here for a reason. You're a part of a family. You're a part of a community. And I pray that everybody that's supposed to be a part of that community and be a part of that remnant would wake up. And those of you that are called and already in it would be inspired, filled with the Spirit to do what you're called to do. That the open doors for all the projects and the plans and the finances we need not to just fund what we're doing, maybe something you're doing. A ministry out in Hollywood that I've been associated with for a long time who really needs the support because he won't pander, he won't compromise. So I'm praying for those kingdom finances for kingdom business. To get this documentary done and do the ones behind it for SRT to hit the road and do what we're called to do for the porch and firefall maybe to come to your area and start holding in-home Bible studies. Larry and I were talking about that the other day. How great that would be in praying for our lost family members, calling them into the kingdom. Each and every day, you have to pray for them. You have to petition the throne room for the Lord to send an angel, dreams or vision or a person, whatever it's going to take to bring them in, to get their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Um, my wife, Deb, here in Orlando, we off, offers up a uh, prayer request for our daughter-in-law, Kika, her grandmother in Portugal. 99-year-old grandmother has COVID. She's in the hospital. She's stable. I don't know what stable is. She's stable. And uh, they'd like to be preparing for her 100th birthday, so keep her in prayers. Continue to pray for Jane in Los Angeles, one of the original members of this community way back in March of 2010, that she would continue to heal made strong. Um, I'm asking for consistent prayers for complete and total healing of her body. Allison in Scotland, she wrote me, I'm going to read what she said. She said she took a fall this week and knackered her wrist, hand, and hip. I had to look it up, Allison. I figured out what it meant, but it, you bruised it. So 
says she's sore, but getting better. Somebody else who fell in the same place actually broke bones in their foot, so she's thankful for that. So pray for Allison and continue to bless her and strengthen her in her walk. She's somewhat isolated out there as far as believers that agree with her. Allie in Idaho, a new member of the community. She's got bad non-COVID flu and uh, suffering, and she's asking for all the prayers she can get. Woody in Central Florida. His family's had the flu. Um, Pray for Woody, especially pray for his son. And his wife and daughter are getting better. We're in flu season, folks. We've been tricked into thinking COVID, Omicron, Delta, whatever. We, we, we've had flu seasons every year. But we're living in it, so we have to be prepared for it. So we're going to pray for one another and do everything we need to do to get over it. Junior in Oklahoma needs prayer for his mother. She was diagnosed with Omicron. She has lung congestion, uh, high bl- blood pressure, which could be from the decongestants, but continue to pray for her healing and for her lungs to clear. Dawn is still uh, recovering from her surgery, says she's sore and dealing with the pain. It's been a little more painful this time, so prayers for her for strength, for healing, and for their finances, which have taken a little bit of a hit. Stacy in Texas continue to pray for her and her children during this stressful time of adjustment, praying for her and her family for God's grace to be upon them. Kim in Fort Mitchell, she always takes the time to send something in, and I appreciate that and appreciate you, Kim. Says, we're slowly getting over another sinus infection. Grateful for my salvation as well as my recovery. Says, I praise him for the relationship we are having Um, I was going through a hard time lately, struggling with something I thought I had cleaned up, but it came back. Thank you for helping me through this, Father. Guilt is a heavy load, but I don't have to carry it anymore. Thank you for protecting me and guiding me always. Thank you for my children, my husband, my mother, my dog. His name is Bruno. My friends. Father, please continue protecting my family. Provide for us. Keep the porch family safe. Help me guard my heart, Father. Help me fix this legal matter in Germany and pay for my son's tuition. Protect and guide my children, especially Maurice, while he's struggling right now. And please, please save my mother's soul as well as my husband's. Protect innocent souls, Father, from the enemy and forgive my trespasses in Jesus' name. So, Father, as always, we bring these directly to you in the throne room. We come to you as your children. We boldly approach that throne crying out, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. Whenever I say that, I visualize just a bunch of little kids running into the room, maybe tripping, maybe bumping into one another, trying to get to you. See, that's how I see you. I see you as Dad. I see you as Abba. I pray that others would too. We love you. You are the creator of the universe. And we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for Yeshua, your son, your only begotten son, to sending him to pay a price that we were never going to be able to pay. (laughs) So I always get a little emotional here. Whenever I think about the cross, whenever I think about what the Lord had to do for us to be back with Dad, I don't know how you can't get emotional. 
So, Father, we love you. We thank you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. Lord, we love you. We thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit. We thank you for loving us even when we're unlovable. And the Holy Spirit, thank you for walking with us and teaching us and encouraging us. I pray that you would do that tonight. I pray that you would touch this word, touch each and every one of us. Let us receive whatever it is you want us to receive. Now I pray all these things, all these things in the name above all names, Yeshua HaMashiach. And if you agree with me, say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're going to pick up from where we started last week. That We're going to build off of enduring faith. Now, I want you to be able to take what we do, hear it, apply it, download the podcast. I am, again, way behind on the videos. I sincerely apologize. I'm doing um, everything I can to catch up. But there are a bunch on YouTube right now, and those of you that have had the access to the private video file at Vimeo, they're all there, most of them anyway. But go with me to Romans chapter 8. Now wait, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Open your Bibles, open your apps. We're going to jump down to verse 28, but we're going to build around it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things. Not some things. Not just the things we like, not just the things we agree with, not just the things that feel good, not just churchy things, and not just spiritual things, all things. I know that's a tough concept. Sometimes it is for me, too. I've been getting better about it lately because the Lord's been speaking to me about it and then putting me in situations to show me that don't completely have it yet. But let's look at the complete thought and see what Paul is saying. So we have to back up a couple of lines to verse 26. And I'll take the Amplified and begin to expand this. So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid, bears us up in our weaknesses. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts and minds of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes 
and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. Believer's Bible Commentary says, God is working all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. It may not always seem so. Sometimes when we are suffering heartbreak, tragedy, disappointment, frustration, and bereavement, we wonder what good can come out of it. But the following verse gives the answer. Whatever God permits to come into our lives is designed to conform us to the image of his Son. When we see this, it takes the question mark out of our prayers. Our lives are not controlled by impersonal forces such as chance or luck or fate, I'll add karma, but by our wonderful and personal Lord who is too loving to be unkind and too wise to err. Even in hardships and suffering, even in bitter disappointments, even when wrongly treated, we as believers, as his children, can know that God will work within such situations to fulfill his purpose in our lives. We should know that. And he proves it to us so many times. That, that Greek word for helps, helps us, which is in verse 26 of the New King James. It's also used in Luke 10:40, when Mary complains to the Lord about, I mean, when Martha complains to the Lord about Mary not helping her. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him, him being Yeshua, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So we get the idea that that word help is an, is an action word. But it doesn't indicate that the Holy Spirit does the job for us, that he takes over and prays instead of us, but that he takes part with us to make our weak prayers effective. And if we don't know what to pray, he takes over and puts a language into your mouth, I call it a heavenly prayer language, that you begin to groan and speak and pray, and he's helping you to do it. That's what the infilling of the Holy Spirit is about. That's why the Lord said in John 14, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, and that word helper is parakletos, that he may abide with you forever, permanent residence. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Lord saying, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby, that he may remain with you forever. He lives with you constantly and will be in you. This is not the Old Testament, folks. We're under a new covenant. 
We're under one that went into effect on Pentecost, with the infilling of the Holy Spirit permanently connecting you to the throne room, permanently connecting you to the Lord. Stop praying for external access to the Holy Spirit. Stop praying to to God as if the Holy Spirit's not with you. He's inside of you. He abides with you, permanent residence. You've been endued with power. You've been endued with him. It's soaked into you. The parakletos, he partners with us. And he walks with us in all things through all things. That's how all things work together for good, because he's always with you. And those groanings that are uttered by the Holy Spirit, they're intercession. If you've never done it, you might not know what I'm talking about, but I have. And I know people have done it for me because the Lord's told me. Total strangers were interceding for me during the time that there was a battle for my soul. Any time that Shelley and the people praying up in Tallahassee, like my wife and brother-in-law and family, any time they needed reinforcements, he woke up people in the middle of the night. One night he showed me. Sorry, I didn't expect that to hit me like that. He showed me, waking up this elderly woman in the middle of the night to pray. He loves you that much that no matter what you're going through, you're not going through it alone. We should be groaning for one another. I pray for everybody that I know about, and even the ones that I don't know. I tell Lord, he knows who the listeners are that haven't made themselves known. And sometimes it's prayer, and sometimes it's crying, and sometimes it's shouting. But lately it's been a lot. We're in a war. We're in a war for so many things, not the least of which our well-being and the souls of those that we love. But the Spirit knows, and He's always with you, and He wants to work with you. Let Him. And if you have to make a, a vocal affirmation, say, Holy Spirit, help me take over, then do whatever you need to do to plug into what I'm talking about. Now, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I always have. I will never lie to you. I will never, never water it down. There will be times that you will not see a direct change in your situation. But you have to know that he loves you. And that even in the situation that may get worse, and I've been there, you have to trust him that he's working it for your good, that all things, whatever he does, has a good result because we're being matured, we're being strengthened, we're being tested. But most of all, we are his kids, and nothing he does to us is for bad. As children of God, we don't always know what to pray or how to pray, and that's what the Spirit's there for. But we know the purpose of God. And it's for our good. So these sufferings, many of you are going through them right now. I've been through them. We we all have. We always forget about them because then when they come again, we act like 
It's the first time we've experienced it. I've, I've noticed something about our society. Our society encourages whiners and complainers. It doesn't encourage faith. It doesn't encourage things that are good in that regard. Oh, they want you to be strong, but they want you to take drugs to do it or to see counselors. They don't want you to have faith. They don't want you to be healthy spiritually or otherwise. But the Word tells you the opposite of that. Those who love God are, in fact, called by God. Now, you may not have some big dramatic calling that you know of. Tomorrow may change. But you are called. You're called into the family. You're called into the family business. You are called to share the gospel. You're called to pray. You're called to love. You're called into his kingdom. And our love for him and our love is a response to the spirit working within us. We are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose? His purpose is for you to be saved, healed, and delivered. His purpose is for you to spend eternity with him. His purpose is for you to be his son or his daughter. And everything he does, including our redemption, which cost Yeshua a lot, is done to accomplish his plans. And how we're talking about this today. I'm trying to get back to what I used to do and everything. I looked for what he was doing. If the enemy attacked me, I don't wear it as a badge of honor just because I'm doing things for the kingdom. Don't don't get fooled into thinking that. There are people that preach that. Oh, if the devil's attacking you, you must be doing something great for the kingdom. Just the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you are marked by the blood, makes you a target. He's going to attack you no matter what. So if the enemy's attacking me, I'm looking for the intention behind the experience. Do, have I left an open door in my life? Did I allow this? Why is God allowing it? Is it to better me? Is it to show me? Is it to show me an area of my life that needs to be fixed? All things, all things, all things work for the good. So I began to look for those things. I began to find the areas that he's pointing to so that I can change them. But I will promise you this. Whatever his plan is for you, he will accomplish it. So you might as well just go along with it. Isaiah 55, I'm going to pick it up from verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, your ways, my ways, says the Lord. I always do that. Stop, rewind, cut, delete, go again. Isaiah 55, starting with verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be 
that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. His word, his plans, his intentions shall not return to him void, empty, without fruit. You can't have fruit without tilling the ground and loosening the dirt and planting the seeds and watering it and working it until the harvest comes. There's an effort in that. We live in a fast food society. We have a Western church that tells you otherwise. I am preparing you for not only what's coming, but coming, but is already happening. We need to understand that we're in a struggle. Some of us for our very lives. For our children. And instead of moaning and groaning and saying, why me? Or I don't understand. Which, by the way, I, I do sometimes. They're not the moaning and the groaning, but the I don't understand. Instead of doing that, we need to see the positive. He's doing something. He's active. Something's happening in my life. I'm going to get better from it. I'm going to learn from it. If you take that attitude, and I'm not saying it's easy. I won't won't do that. But if you look at every trial you're going through, everything that's happening right now in your life that's trying to beat you down and break you as a thing that's going to make you stronger, you're not hanging on. You're standing, and you're standing strong, and you're standing on his word, and he's standing with you. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, says the Lord, says the Lord. Whew. Gosh, I wish I had it. We were at somewhere, and I could start running around the room. Sitting down doesn't make it for me. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect. It won't be useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It takes faith. It takes maturity. It takes love. But you're going to be tested. This is not our home. And no matter how much you think by putting people into office or in positions of power who speak Christianese, no matter how many times you do that, you're not going to find people that are going to live up to his word and his nature. The King James Study Bible note says God's sovereignty and omniscient are extolled by the statement that his thoughts, purposes, or intention, and his ways which means directions, are higher than ours. While God may certainly be known by men, he's still incomprehensible in the totality of his purpose and person. Therefore, he reveals himself by his word, which will not be in vain. The word of God is the will of God. 
and it will accomplish his intentions. First, in announcing salvation to all mankind through his son Yeshua, which means salvation. But through the teachings and the understandings given to us by those that walked with him. And remember something, you have something they didn't have. You have a full Bible, Genesis to Revelation. They didn't have that. Have that. They had letters, they had scrolls, they had parchments, they had partial word. And yet the book of Acts Church shook the world. What's our excuse? In Romans chapter 8, Paul's focusing on our human sin nature that we fight with every day. So I've been wanting to get into authority to begin to bring you into a place of spiritual authority. But I keep going back to the fact that as much as the Lord talked about Satan and dealt with the demonic, as much as Paul teaches about spiritual warfare and and John and Peter and James, that is minuscule in comparison to the focus that they put upon us and our behavior. And how we participate in what the enemy's doing. How we allow the world to manipulate us to do what the enemy wants us to do. And it's kind of a light bulb moment for many people when they suddenly realize that the enemy can't do what he's doing unless I help him. Therefore, the focus should always be internally on us. That's what Paul's doing in Romans 8. He's showing us that we are engaged in a war between our flesh and our spirit. Two things that hate each other and always at war with one another. And whichever one you feed and strengthen is going to be the stronger. The worldly nature, which we are encouraged to embrace, not just by the enemy, but by the fallen world system, which is against his godly nature. And that's what we should embrace. There may come a point, I'm in the entertainment, I'm in the film business. I don't want to say entertainment, but I'm in the film business. I've been there since 1978 in one shape or form, member of Screen Actors Guild, all those things. And as I shared with Jane the other day when we talked and prayed together, I'm at the point where I'd like to just turn off television, turn off everything, not turn on the TV again and just sit by the ocean and listen to waves. Because what's on the TV and what's on the internet, even when it says it's family-friendly, is garbage. It doesn't feed my soul. It doesn't feed my spirit. And my wife can tell you, she'll say, let's find something to watch. And it'll be a while as I click through things trying to find something we can watch. And especially at the end of the night, finding something I want to put into my brain before I go to sleep. But the world around us is trying to shape us into something it wants and not what he wants. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening right now, it's to your advantage. And it's being done to better you. It's just a matter of perspective. If you believe that you're his, nothing happens in your life but what he allows. And sometimes he allows us to make bad decisions as a learning experience so that we don't make them again. 
I was thinking if he if he stopped us from ever making a mistake, we would never learn from it. We see that pretty clearly in Luke 22. When Peter is rebuked by the Lord, he doesn't want the Lord to go to Jerusalem. He, he wants to stand with him to the end and all those things. And the Lord says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And the Lord said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me, you will deny three times that you know me. See, Peter was a little, I don't want to say arrogant, but prideful in his walk and who he was. And he was about to enter the school of the Spirit. And the Lord wanted to make sure that Peter got the lesson right. That word in the Greek, to sift, means to prove by trials. And he didn't say, don't worry about it, Peter, I took care of it. I've stopped the enemy. He's not going to get to you. I've rebuked Satan on your behalf. No, he said, I've prayed for you, Peter, that your own faith may not fail. And when you have yourself, when you yourself have turned again, strengthen and establish your brethren. Why is it we always expect, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just our nature. We just want God to intervene in everything. And that was a perfect example. He could have said, no, Satan can't have you. I need you to be ready. But he did. He needed him to be ready, so he let him go through it. He didn't stop Satan. He didn't deny the request, but he offered Peter prayers. Because Peter's lesson wasn't just for him. Because when he said, when you return, that you is a plural so he's actually talking to Peter and everybody there because come the garden when the Roman guards and the, I mean the temple guards show up to arrest them, they all run. Even John, who does show up and stays with the Lord through the trial uh, and the crucifixion, but even he ran. And Peter needed to go through what he went through. That is sitting around the fire outside where the trial uh, for Yeshua is happening with this Sanhedrin. Somebody looks over to him and says, "Hey, aren't you one of them?" No, no, I'm not. I don't. I don't. No. But surely you're you're one of them. You look like one of them. Nope, nope. Don't know them. Don't know what you're talking about. And the last person, a woman, gets in his face and says, "Your speech betrays you. You are a Galilean. You are one of them." And he vehemently denies knowing him. And the, and the verbiage used is that he becomes profane about it. And at that exact moment, the rooster crows. And he remembers. Satan has sifted him. And it says he wept. And the word he used, they used for wept was he sobbed. He screamed. 
It was gut-wrenching tears in Jesus of Nazareth in the 70s. And the actor James Farentino, the way he played that, cried out in pain and grief and sorrow. That's what it was. Peter had to go through the school of the Spirit. He had to go through that moment to be ready. To be ready for Pentecost and to be ready for what was coming. So when the Lord's doing something in your life, it isn't just about you. He said that to me just the other day. I was I was praying about something. I was asking him to do something, to speed something up. I don't need to go into detail, but he simply said, this isn't just about you. And I realized that he's coordinating more than just me and my needs. Peter was sifted like wheat. He was flipped up in the air. He was spread apart looking to get rid of the chaff and the wheat, looking to get rid of the bad from the good. If you're being sifted right now, that's what's going on. You're finding out what's good in you and what's not. And I found it interesting that Satan wanted to do to Peter what was prophesied by John the Baptist in Matthew 3 about the Lord, that his winnowing fan, his shovel, his fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear out and clean his threshing floor and gather and store his wheat in his barn, but the chaff he shall burn up with fire that cannot be put out. Satan wanted to test all of them and show that they were weak. He'd already done it with Judas. And if we look at the example in Job and we understand in Revelation, he's always before the throne accusing us day and night. That was his petition. See, I got to one of yours already. Let me have a fair shot at the rest of them. and I'll show you that they're worthless. They're no good. He was wrong. Satan may ask to test us. But he's going to be wrong. You're going to pass the test. You're going to come out the other side of this better than you were before. You're going to come out the other side of whatever you're going through right now, the all things that we're discussing, so that you can strengthen someone else. That you can witness to them. You can stand with them. Satan is arrogant and without mercy, and his entire kingdom is exactly like him. Petitioning the throne for a shot at them like Job. He's always looking for a chance to prove the Lord wrong. Don't you help him do it. Don't help him do his job. He's going to do it anyway. The fallen are going to do it anyway. The demons are going to do it anyway. Don't help them. Don't feed into it. Don't have a pity party and then invite them to the table expecting gifts. Stand. Pray. Believe. Intercede. Groan. Do whatever you have to do, but don't give in. Whatever fiery trial you're going through, just like Peter, just like the disciples, just like the great men and women of faith in the Bible, 
If you stand strong and stand with the Lord, you'll come out the other side of it. And you have something that those great men and women of the Old Testament didn't have. You have the infilling of the Holy Spirit standing with you, holding you up, praying with you. There's good grain in there. I've been at this for 33 years, 33 plus years now. I look back in some of my early days and I cringe. The choices I've made, the things I've done. But I realized I was always being sifted. I was always being tried. I was always being tested. And although there were times I wanted to quit, I wanted to give up and say, that's it, I'm done. And for a short period of time, I did. When we got to Orlando, I was broken and broke. And I said, that's it, Lord, I'm done. I'm going back to the movie business. And he left me alone for a few months. Four or five months, left me alone. And then he drew me back. He wasn't done with me. He's never done with us. All things work together for good. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange was happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Messiah in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to the world. That's First Peter 4. You can look up the verses. Stuff's going to happen. It's going to happen to those who believe in him. Until he takes control of this world, stuff's going to happen. But the promise is that when it does, he will be with us and we will be made overcomers through him. In John 16, verse 33, I have told you all of this. And if we go to 16, which we've done in the past, and you can go back and read all of it up to the scripture. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about everything that's going on. He's talking about leaving. I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So right now in his word, right now through his word, right now through this word, he's saying, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So how do we have peace all the time? I've already given you the answer. It's in John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you, it's to your advantage I go away. For if I do not go away, the help of the Paracletos will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness of judgment and of judgment. And when he comes, we know from Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know from Ephesians 5 that we were once darkness, 
But now we are light in the Lord. So let's walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. We know from 1 John that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We know from 1 John that we are walking in the light and living in the light. We are in this together in an unbroken fellowship with one another, even long distance. And some of you that are hooking up in the chat rooms or the messenger group on uh, Facebook, maybe you should get together on Zoom or find one of the places uh, to be able to talk and maybe pray and do Bible studies together. If you can't find people in your community that believe and think like you, at least connect with people. Take advantage of the technology that Hasatan has taken advantage of. All things work together for good. All things work together for your good. All things work together to complete the plan that God has for you individually and for us corporately. We are connected by the blood, by our Heavenly Father, by our Lord. I probably don't have to remind you of this, but I'm going to. The world hates you. The God of this world hates you. But Yeshua, Adonai, Lord, has overcome them both. And we have peace. We have shalom in him. So no matter what the trials and sorrows, no matter what the enemy does to us, no matter what happens, in all things, we have peace and can endure all the things he's allowing to make us better, stronger, and more faith-filled. And when it's finished, we will see that all things do work together for our benefit and assist us in our walk and our calling. If you can grasp that tonight and believe that, if you can receive that and let these words enter into your mind, your heart, your spirit, the circumstances around you may not change, but the way you deal with them will. The enemy won't be able to get to you through these people. No matter what they say and no matter what they do, they won't steal your peace. Because if they're doing those things to you, I can tell you unequivocally they don't know him. But you're not responsible for their behavior. We're only responsible for ours. So we have peace because all things are in control, in his hands, and are there to work for our good. Father, I pray right now that your sons and your daughters hear this. That they know how much you love them. That even if circumstances don't seem that way, you are in control. You are still on the throne. 
I pray that your peace is bathing them right now. I pray all the wounds are being healed, all the chains, all the bondage, all the things that the enemy has tried to do to them, the words being spoken upon them, all the hooks, all the snares, everything that the enemy has sent to trip them up would be exposed and removed. I pray that their back is a little straighter and their walk a little stronger. I pray that their head is up and their eyes are opened and set upon you. I pray that their hearts are clear and filled with your love. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that those that know you are being stirred up right now in a way like they have never felt before. And those that don't know it are feeling something that they don't understand. And hopefully they'll have the peace and the confidence to say, fill me, have your way with me, Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for working with us and helping us, changing us and perfecting us. We just touch and agree. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget, Revelations, prayer requests, praise reports, anything that happens through our time together. Let let me know so that I can let others know. Let's edify and encourage one another. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.